This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in today on Green Living Ideas, Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. Very excited about today's program. Uh, I get to have a company that's a huge favorite of mine uh, on the program and a gentleman from that company. Uh, the name of the company is uh, Guayaki, as I've learned to pronounce it correctly today, thanks to David. Uh, David Carr is the co-founder of Guayaki, and he joins me today on the program. Thanks, David. Wonderful to be here. Well, great. So I guess uh, why don't we start with the name uh, before we even get into you know products and, and fair trade and all kinds of other things I want to talk to you about? What's the derivation of the name of the company? Well, the name Guayaki represents, is, is actually a metaphor for the way we do business and represents the name of the Ashe Guayaki people who live in the rainforest of Paraguay, Argentina, Brazil, where Mate is originally from. So Mate is native to the forest where this tribe has lived and does live today. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and you know my my first experience, I'll just tell. I always like to you know where, where I, I don't have personal connections with all the companies on the show, but I have a very strong connection and wanted to have you guys on today because I've had a really positive experience in my own life. Um, I, I have as a as a recovering author, <laughs> uh, you know, authors live on deadlines, and and deadlines usually end up meaning caffeine uh, and usually coffee consumption. And I'm one of those people. I, I know people do coffee. A lot of people, you know, most Americans do coffee, and you know, most manage it pretty well. I'm one of those people where coffee works for me for about the first week and then sends me into a wild tailspin in which I become, I can't even live with myself at night. I'm such a grumpy pants. And my wife certainly feels the same way. And and so for me, I've always danced with that that particular devil. And uh, what I, about a year ago, a friend of mine introduced me to um, uh, Yerba Mate and specifically your products. And so it was a, the juice tea, and it was the raspberry juice tea you guys have. And so I tried it one morning instead of uh, caffeine. And sh- I'm sorry, I should say instead of coffee. Um, and had a really good experience. And, and what my experience was is that I, I had a lot of the, all the mental clarity, actually enhanced mental, mental clarity, um, but without, the, I didn't crash at the end of the day. And so I, I didn't know if it was a fluke, but as I, time went on, I, I, you know, was able to use the product and I didn't get like the withdrawals. What, what freaks me out about coffee, drinking coffee is there's this huge withdrawal. You get a headache and that, that to me is like a sign of like bad things. Right. Um, and I never get that with Yerba Mate and I, I fully switched a year ago. I do green tea sometimes, but mainly, I know you, you guys do that too, but I've been doing mate for you know for a long time, and I just I just love it. I I can't really even describe it fully the experience, but it's very mild, but but mild in a, in a good way. Like it doesn't take over my life like coffee does. And how does it work for you? You're saying you do martial arts and karate as well. How how's that for you? Yeah, it's really it's really good. Uh, I, you know, and we were talking off mic before the program. I, I was mentioning you know that that I, I I start my day because I go up to the studio and teach students before I I go into work as the CEO of this company and. Uh, I, I take, I drink uh, your mate. You know, it's the only thing I put in my body, and it, it's great because you know it's not buzzy like uh, the coffee is. But I have a really good experience because I get the mental clarity of I, you know everybody starts that day. Well, I don't know about everybody, but most people start kind of fuzzy in the morning. You know, 
takes me a little while to wake up, and and it helps me, you know, sort of get right into the zone, both you know physically and also mentally. And um, so, you know, I, I mean, I hate to sound like, uh, you know, I'm a walking advertisement for your company, but this is all completely real uh, for me in my life. And I wanted to share it because, you know, I think that if for a lot of people like me that are sensitive to coffee, uh, it might be an alternative to still get that little lift, but without maybe the long-term addictive nature of coffee. There's so many people like you. You can imagine. I've been serving Guayaquil mate now for 10 years, and I've heard what you just told me in the thousands of times. So you, mate has this universal appeal to people. Many people come to it, like you're saying, because they're looking for a different source of stimulation than coffee, because coffee doesn't agree with their system, or it makes them sick, or the acidity bothers them, or they don't like the crash, or whatever the reason why they're looking for something different. But a lot of people all, you know, just also hear about it from a friend, and, hey, try this, because you should try instead of coffee. It works better. And, and Pretty much everyone says they, they feel that the energy that comes from, from mate is much cleaner, much more gentle, kind of like what you're saying, and more balanced, so there is no resulting crash or acidity or come down. Yeah, and I, you know, sometimes where I'm not, I don't have the option, uh, for example, if I'm traveling, even though out of the country on the rare occasions I do that or something, and I, I don't have the opportunity to, to, to have it, I, there's no, it's not like I go through any kind of withdrawal or anything, whereas with caffeine, I would have a horrible headache and be literally shut down for two days. Uh, and nothing like that happened. So that, that also impressed me is that well, not having the, it. You know? That's the main difference. And you, and, and you refer to it as caffeine, but the, the strange thing about this is that Mate does have caffeine. And for a number of years, people have been trying to label it as something different. In fact, they've called it Mateen or Mateina. And really, that's just been the public having a different, you know, res- a different um, response to mate than to coffee and not having the words for it. If you look at the um, physiological makeup of the yerba mate tree and the leaves that we're drinking, mm-hmm. essentially the leaves have caffeine, in fact, the same amount as coffee, but they also have 24 vitamins and minerals, 15 amino acids, and abundant antioxidants, more so than green tea. So the main difference is it's a, it's a nourishing stimulation, and so after you stimulate your body, it actually has the, the vitamin-mineral complex to back it up instead of just falling off. And then the other major difference, too, is, you know, mate is a dark, green, thick, emerald, waxy leaf that's just loaded with nutrition compared to the coffee bean, which is, you know, blackened. It's actually roasted at 450 degrees and whatnot, and so it becomes more acidic in the body. So the acidic nature and, you know, leads to the depletion of, of your minerals in your body coupled with the caffeine and the coffee doesn't always produce the best reaction for people in their bodies. And some people do fine with it. Others have a more challenging time with it. But mate sort of universally being a very nutritious stimulant has a much different effect. Yeah, well, and obviously, and anecdotally, I can attest to that, and that's interesting because I was going to ask you about that. You know, I've, I've done some, you know, research and, and, and come up with this, people talking about matine versus caffeine. It's a slightly different variant of the alkaloid, which is caffeine's an alkaloid. It's in the alkaloid family, and, and then so, you know, it's like, the, well, that's actually slightly different. That's the reason what you're saying is essentially, no, the root, you know, the root substance in there, the active ingredient, as it were, is the same, but there's all these other things around it. It's more holistic, if you were in that it's a more complete sort of uh, substance rather than just sort of, uh, you know, what, what happens with coffee. It's the delivery mechanism around it that makes it um, a different experience. And I'll go further and 
and um, point out that mate not only does it have caffeine, but it has two other alkaloids, which are referred to as xanthine alkaloids. So 90% of the stimulation comes from caffeine, and then the other 10% comes from theobromine, which is the euphorian in chocolate, and theophylline, which is the caffeine in tea. So you have this unique trio of stimulation that, you know, no, that, that's not really happening in any other plant in the world. So you have this unique combination of stimulation combined with a unique uh, portfolio of vitamins and minerals, and if you actually look at the vitamins and minerals in mate, it very closely resembles the vitamins and minerals in wheatgrass. So oh, people okay. often have described it as like, yeah, well, it's kind of like wheatgrass with caffeine, you know, and, and that's partly true. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm curious, now, you brought up the theobromine, and I remember from sociological studies in college that there was, there was, uh, there was an ingredient, there was something in chocolate that was the same uh, as a chemical that's secreted in your body during sexual uh, activity, and so that's why when they say, you know, women will, you know, take chocolate over sex, or it's equivalent in some ways, that there was some truth to that. Is that, is theobromine that substance, do you know? I believe it is. It's, yeah. it's actually actually also um, used by athletes because it's a smooth muscle relaxant. Okay. Yeah, and so that's why you describe, like, when you say you feel stimulated by mate, but your nerves feel calm, and you actually feel relaxed and, quote-unquote, in the zone. Ah. That feeling, I, I believe, and people who drink mate and know a lot about it, believe it comes from the theobromine effect. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense to me now. See, I've been, this is why I couldn't wait to, to get this information, because I haven't been able to find uh, good answers. So, well, so tell me about, so, and I understand, uh, you know, there, there are people who are proponents of, of yerba mate say that there are other... Uh, health benefits, and you mentioned one, which is the antioxidant, you know, which is relates to anti-aging. Can you talk to us a little more specifically about that? Oh, well, as you'll see in our bottles, we have them measured out, like, in comparison to green tea or red wine or orange juice. I mean, the, the report's coming back from the University of Illinois, done in 2005 by Dr. Elvira Mejia, showing that mate has more of the phenolic compounds than green tea, basically more antioxidants. You know, and, and people are drinking tea for antioxidants, so of course it's appealing. But, you know, I would still say that most people come to mate and choose it as their daily health, uh, daily source of healthful stimulation, mostly because it makes them feel good, because their mind is clear, because they get energy. I feel like the antioxidants are just a bonus. Right. There's lots of things you can get antioxidants from. Mate just happens to be the highest one when it comes to, like, teas. Interesting. Well, that certainly will be, I think, of interest to people who are green tea fanatics. For uh, sure. So now I understand that Guayaquil is involved in forest preservation. Can, can you tell us about that? Well, we, yeah, I can tell you a lot about that, but to be brief, mate only grows in three countries in the world naturally, and that's Paraguay, Brazil, and Argentina. It's known as the Atlantic Forest, and unfortunately, 95% of this forest has been cut down. So we are working with about 5% of the remaining forest in those countries, and that's where we source our rainforest-grown, certified organic, fairly traded yerba mate from. The, the simple idea being that we're creating more value with the forest standing than being cut down, mm. because otherwise the forest is under economic pressure to be of value, obviously. So one element of our business, and I'd say the, the, over, the super majority of that, right, of our projects, of our eight to ten projects right now, are just preserving rainforest. And over the last few years, we've initiated new projects 
where we're actually reforesting sun-grown yerba mate plantations. Those, that yerba mate isn't sold under the Guayaquil brand name in the marketplace yet until it actually has sufficient forest canopy over it where we feel like it's more rainforest shade-grown. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. So this idea of rainforest preservation rather than the traditional method of you know complaining or tying oneself to a tree or all these other things which are noble that you know, though may be limited in effectiveness of actually creating commerce around a, product, a crop that grows requiring the presence of the rainforest. Well, I think what Julia Butterfly did was very admirable, but <laughs> if she had done that down in South America, they would have just killed her. Yeah, you know? that's, that's I mean, what I was thinking. Doesn't, doesn't really quite work that way down there. You know, you really got to work with market forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, up, up here there's a lot more press, and you know, I I think it's amazing that that you can actually have a voice that's heard up here. It's it's amazing that that she did that and. You know, I think yeah. a lot of people feel very blessed that that happened. But the reality of the situation is in South America is people need to feed their families, and they'll take down their own trees. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's where the rubber meets the road is in, is in the commercial adoption or finding ways to work with, uh, I won't say the enemy, but, you know, it was certainly I think that creating economically sustainable and viable reasons for these things to happen so that the, there's a coincidence in the end result uh, that maybe that's not why the world or the corporation or the government or whoever's involved did it, but we're, we're all on the same page now. and that's So that's very creative and, and interesting to hear about. Can you tell us about how you're working with the local populace there? I know that you guys are involved in the fair trade movement and that fair trade is a big part of what you do, but can you tell us the specifics about your relationship with the natives in the regions where uh, the mate has grown? Absolutely, and I'll just backtrack for one second to, sure. to your, your comment about the enemy. I think that's really where Guayaquil is making a difference in the world and setting up a new business model. We're trying to dissolve this whole illusion of, you know, us versus them, or there's an enemy. There really isn't. There's really just a lack of, ign- of information mm-hmm. and people operating from a, from a place of ignorance or weakness. And so Guayaquil is coming in bridging this gap with a new business model that we refer to as market-driven restoration. Market-driven restoration. So consumers, you know, wherever they are, are, are participating in this process of driving positive economic cycles, positive social cycles, positive environmental cycles. And, and that does do- tie in directly to your next question, which is fair trade, certified organic, all those elements are what you call costs. And instead of externalizing those costs, we're internalizing those costs into our business model. And consumers or people buying our product who value those things are basically making a, a statement with their, with their purchasing power and, and their dollars. All, everything we do is from the core out. So Alex Pryor my original business partner, the person that introduced me to Yerba Mate, who's Argentine and who grew up drinking mate and was the first person to share it with me, manages a team of six people in South America, and they essentially work with cooperatives, small farmers, and even the indigenous Ashe Guayaquil people in Paraguay to produce this premium quality, rainforest-grown, certified organic, fairly traded Yerba Mate. So there's a whole layer of supervision. We don't simply just broker the product from someone. We're actually talking to these people, finding out what their needs are, what are their immediate needs for their community, and working from that place out. And in turn, we're getting their heart and soul into the product, and they're giving us the best quality mate that you can get. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, and I understand, too, that just speaking to Mate directly, that, that the, the origins of it, that there's sort of a, a, a ritual or it, it's treated in a special fashion by the native populace. Can you share with us some of the, the traditions and the underpinnings, the original underpinnings of Mate and how, it's, how it is consumed in those countries? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we were sitting down right now in the same room, I'd be sharing a gourd with you. It's essentially the way most of us, at least the core group at Guayaquil, the way we still drink mate is we pass around a vegetable gourd with a straw sticking out of it, so a filter, called a bombilla. Um, essentially, you pack the yerba in the gourd, and one person is a server, the cebador, or a woman would be a cebadora, and you fill up the gourd and you pass it around the circle. Each person drinks their own amount. They, they drink the entire con- liquid contents of the gourd, and they pass it back to the host, who fills it up again and passes it to the right, and it just circles around counterclockwise. And, and this way of drinking your mate is the way roughly 100 million people drink it every day in the southern cone of South America. Every morning when they wake up to energize and clear the mind and shake off the, you know, the last night. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So there's, there's this whole ritual and, and culture around the, the drink itself. There's 400 years of written history around yerba mate. And, you know, and it's, it's only now starting to catch on in the States. And people, we find, are, are buying gourds and sharing it with their friends as a, as a, as a very comfortable social ritual. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to say, uh, it's, it's definitely. I haven't. I've never enjoyed it in the traditional setting, and certainly, uh, if I get down to South America sometime, I will definitely have to try that. But you know, just uh, anecdotally, again, for anybody who's out there, and I say this to all my friends, is like if you're, you know, if you're, even if you're, whether you're drinking caffeine or not, but it's it's great. You know, if you're if you're drinking coffee and you're finding that you're one of those people like me that has the you know the negative side of it and experiences that, um, this is a great a great alternative. And even if you're you're a tea drinker, you're not drinking coffee. Something to definitely try. There's something very special about yerba mate. I don't know what it is, but but it is very, it's a very special thing, and uh, you know, certainly love hearing the story uh, behind it. Was there anything else that you'd like to share with us today about the, the company? I'm sort of fascinated by the business model, purely on the business side, of, about this avant-garde sort of progressive new way of, of doing business. Um, is there anything else you want to share on the sort of on the company side? Well, we are most excited about our business model, but when it comes down to it, people drink Guayaquil mate because it feels good, and I think it would be. Um, good to mention how most people drink it. And, you know, like my wife and I, we'll drink a mate latte in the morning. We'll brew up the loose here mate strong in a French press or a coffee maker and add in some maple syrup and milk and make a tasty mate. Well, latte is a warm beverage in the morning, or if I'm with some friends, we'll, we'll pass a, a hot mate gourd. But in, you know, in the afternoon, if I want an energy lift, I'll be essentially just drink one of the bottles. Um, in, in the afternoon around 2 or 3. So it, there's there's a way to drink it hot, there's a way to drink it cold. It really just depends up, upon the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then and then I'm also just curious on the, sort of a last note before we run out of time. Uh, can you tell, tell me a little bit about you know, the company itself? I mean, you've told me about, I think, a lot, a lot of the company's character. Uh, is, there, is there anything else uh, you know, that, that you guys are doing out there in the world or anything you'd like to share with our listeners about sort of how you guys conduct your day-to-day business that's unique or different? Well, there's so many things. You know, we started out as a small core, and now we're about 30, 35 people, and um, we're still 
uh, approaching our business from a grassroots mentality of turning people onto it cup by cup. So Michael Newton, one of the original guys, is still traveling around the country, and now he's in a biodiesel van showing up at your local market or festival. You hear something funny? Sorry to interrupt you. I'm, I was up in Tahoe two weeks ago. There you go. He, he showed up there. <laughs> so, total coincidence. But. Well, yeah, it's sort of like it becomes coincidence and serendipitous because he sh- he's been traveling for 10 years. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, he, he start, he, Michael wants to serve mate and surf. And as much as he can do that in his lifetime, good lifestyle. That's what he does. And so, you'll probably see him again. Well, cool. I, I count on it. I hope to. I hope to. Uh, hope he's, to our, he's our single largest marketing spend. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I love the grassroots. It's like he's a guy out there sharing mate with people and, and surfing and just totally down to earth. I was in. There's a health food store in uh, Truckee where uh, where we uh, visit quite a bit. And so anyway, he was there and Blue hanging out, just hanging out with people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Don Miguel, if you run into Don Miguel on the road, it, it's going to be, you're going to have a good day. I can yeah. just tell you that. <laughs> cool. Well, love love the company, love the character, love what you guys are doing, and, and certainly, you know, certainly love uh, what we were talking about with regards to, you know, the commercial way, another way to help uh, preserve these very, very critical forests. And uh, definitely want to have you back on the show again sometime if you'll join us again. Absolutely. Well, I enjoy sharing about Guayaquil. Well, and you can uh, find out more about Guayaquil's products on their website at www.guayaki.com. I'm going to spell that as G-U-A-Y-A-K-I.com. My guest today has been David Carr, who is a co-founder of that company. And David, once again, thank you for being with us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.